we are in this series called Forward in Faith. We've been in this series for a while. We'll be in it for as long as God keeps us in it. And uh, I, I feel no need to rush through this because we're learning what it truly means to be a disciple, a follower of Christ. And in this series, we've been using this the word forward as our acrostic and as our outline. And so far, we've spoken on what it really means to be a follower of Christ. You can be a believer and not be a follower. And we've talked about the differences in believing and following. We've talked about the blessings of obeying Christ. And we've, we've talked about how to reach others for Christ, how to behold Christ in worship like we did today. We behold him, we see him, we spend time in his presence, and he transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. And then the last couple of weeks, Pastor Deb preached two excellent, awesome yeah, messages on abiding in Christ. I feel such extra pressure this morning to preach good, <laughs> preach well. You did awesome. No, I love it. I love it. We, we, uh, we love each other so much and help each other and want each other to, to succeed. And you did a great job. I love you. And I thank you. Thank you for preaching. If you didn't hear those messages, you need to go back and hear it. If you don't have her book on abiding, then go to Amazon.com. It's, it's called uh, Abide, Abide, right? Abide uh, by Deborah Oakley. And uh, it's, a, it's an awesome book. Today I'm preaching a message, message entitled, Resist the Resistance. Please pay attention today. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord, we're born again and we are new creations in Christ. Don't you love that? All things are passed away. All things are made new. But we have an enemy named Satan who wants to keep us from following Christ. Uh, by the way, he wants to keep us from getting saved. He wants to keep people from getting saved. So he resists people from getting saved. He blinds the eyes of people. You know you've talked to people about Jesus, and it's like talking to this pulpit. A glaze go over, goes over their eyes. They can't understand a word you're saying because Satan is resisting them hearing that word. He resists everything about following Christ. Uh, and if we do get saved, he wants to keep us from growing in Christ. He wants to keep us from being mature disciples of Jesus Christ. So he consistently and constantly resists us every step of the way. Every step we want to grow and take to grow in Christ, he resists it. He resists you going to church. I'm not looking at anybody this morning. I'm looking at the wall. But he resists everybody. I mean, really. I mean, he, he resists it. He wants to get you in a fight on the way to church so you can't get anything out of church. Pastor Deb and I live five minutes from here. We no longer talk about anything on the way to church during those <laughs> eternity of the five minutes. We pray all the way to church. I'm serious. Because some stupid thing could come up on the way to church and, and that, that, that you get crossways over. And like, so we just like, wait a minute. We, we'll say that. So we're going to pray on the way to church every Sunday because Satan want to resist you getting out, anything out of church. You just go and leave and, and, and you got nothing out of it. He, wanna, he, he resists you reading your Bible. You can read all these other books, but reading the Bible is difficult. He resists you praying. He resists your giving. He resists you serving. He resists your praise and worship. For so many people actually praising God, lifting their hands or worshiping him, uh, it's hard for them. 
But it's part of who we are. It's part of what we do. In fact, on the day that we're celebrating, the Palm Sunday, when, when the religious people, the, the chief priests and the, the elders, they saw all these people loudly, the Bible says, rejoicing and loudly praising Jesus, loudly out in public in front of God and everybody. They, 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 they told Jesus to rebuke them. So Jesus had to rebuke the rebukers. He said, I'm not rebuking them. If they don't pray me, um, praise me immediately, these rocks will start praising me. But Satan wants to resist you. He uses other people, he uses spirit, whatever, to keep you from praising and worship. He resists you sharing the faith. He resists everything about the Christian life. So you've got to learn how to resist the resistance. We're going to be talking for several weeks about spiritual warfare. After next week, Easter, we're going to speak on hope and people need hope these days. We're going to preach on a message about hope. But we're getting back into warfare because I'm telling you, in these days, we need to know how to do spiritual warfare. When we're just, as disciples, we know Jesus as our Savior. We confess him as Lord. And when we do, he gives us the keys of the kingdom. And those keys represent authority. The, the authority to bind and loose and open and close. Jesus, listen, Jesus gave every single believer authority over the enemy. Jesus said this in Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. The word authority in the original Greek is exousia. It means the right to exercise influence and jurisdiction over others. The word for power is totally different. It's dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. It means strength or, 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 power, or force. Now listen, get it out of your head that you need to be stronger than the devil. Demons have power, but you have authority over their power, and authority trumps power every single time. It's like when there's a traffic accident and a policeman has to stop traffic. He does not have the power, the dunamis, to physically stop the smallest of vehicles. But he has the authority, the exousia, the authority to stop every vehicle, even the largest 18-wheeler loaded down. He has the authority to stop it in the name of the law, as we have the authority over all the power of the enemy in the name of Jesus. See, with the policeman, the issue is not how powerful the vehicle, the issue is how much authority does the policeman have. And in spiritual warfare, the issue is not how much power Satan or demons have. That is totally irrelevant. It doesn't matter how much power they have because we just read that Jesus said, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Not just some power, but over all the power of the enemy. You have that. You have that. I want to encourage you this day. If you get anything, get this. I have authority over all the power of the enemy. Are you exercising that authority in Jesus' name? When's the last time you took authority over the works of the devil in your life? Now listen, I'm not one of these preachers that thinks everything that happens is a work of the devil. We've got to have some discernment. But there are a lot of things that are, and we need discernment to know when they are. And we've got to learn how to exercise the authority we, we have been given. But I submit to you that many believers are not exercising that authority. 
either because of spiritual ignorance, and, the, and I'm using the word in, that, in the fact that they just don't know. They don't know how to do it. Or because of spiritual passivity. Now, we're going to be talking about warfare for the next few weeks in here, so I'll be addressing on ways and how to exercise the authority you have in Jesus' name. But today, I really felt led to, uh, to speak about addressing passivity. Passivity. Passivity is the opposite of activity. Passivity means to do nothing. One of the definitions, I looked it up this week, one of the definitions of passivity is to offer, offer no opposition or resistance. That's how many believers go through the Christian life getting beat up by the devil, offering no opposition or resisting the, the power of the enemy. And passivity causes people to do nothing even though their marriage is falling apart. Falling apart all around them. And they do nothing. Passivity causes people to do nothing when their career is dying. They know they're going to lose their job. They do nothing. Passivity causes people to do nothing even when they are under the spiritual attack by the enemy. Why are people passive? passive? Well, there are several reasons for passivity. Sometimes it comes from exhaustion, just physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion. You're just wore out. You know, you get to that place. I'm just tired. I'm tired of fighting. Sometimes it comes from fear or worry. Some people are passive just because they are spiritually lazy. Oh, it's hard to pray. It's hard to read my Bible. It's hard to do warfare. Usually passivity comes from a wrong doctrine, a, a wrong view of God, a wrong view of his part and our part in our lives. They, they forget we are co-laborers with God, and they think God is just going to do everything for them. I'm going to be talking a lot today. The, my main text is going to be from James 4, 7, which says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Some people get the first part right. They submit to God, but then they don't go on and resist the devil. I've actually heard people teach that you can be so submitted to God that the enemy will just flee. I've heard people teach, big-time teachers on TV, you can get so powerful in the Spirit of God that the enemy will just leave you alone. Really? He didn't leave Jesus alone. There's one time it says the enemy left him waiting for a more opportune time. But he was after Jesus, Jesus' whole life. Listen, that's not what the Bible says. It says, it does say submit to God. But it goes on to say, resist the enemy and he will flee. To me that says, if you submit to God, it's a great thing. But if you don't resist the enemy, he won't flee. I've actually heard people say, I'm so tired of fighting. I hope the devil just leaves me alone. <laughs> oh, really? Is that what your Bible says? Submit to God and hope the devil leaves you alone. You're tired of fighting, the devil will leave you. I, I remember a lady coming down with a prayer request once years ago. I just want y'all to pray that the, I'm tired, I just pray that the, the devil will leave me alone. I said, we got to take authority over the devil and pray for protection and pray for, but you got you to resist him. 
You've got, the Bible says, submit to God and resist him and he will flee. Now listen closely on this, on this next part. Well, listen closely all the way through. <laughs> Some people get passive in spiritual warfare because they get misconception, a misconception based on one scripture in the Bible. <clears throat> that verse of 2 Chronicles 20, 17, which says, you will not need to fight in this battle. In this battle. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be feared or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. There are many battles in the Bible. And God gave specific instructions for each of those battles. For instance, one of the most famous ones is, is the fall of Jericho. God gave Israel uh, instructions. March around this city Six days, be quiet, but march around the city. On the seventh day, march around seven times, shout, blow the horn, and I'm going to give you victory. God never told them again to do that in any city as they took over the promised land. But they could have made that their all-time plan of attack. Now we know what to do. We come to a city, we walk around seven times, seven <laughs> blow horns, and the thing falls down. That would not have worked. That, was presump that would have been presumptuous on their part. Because just because God said to do it this way in that city, he, he usually told them something different on, on the other cities or the uh, other in, in, enemies. We cannot take, I did it again. We cannot take, listen, close. We cannot take God's orders for one battle that Israel fought and make that our all-time strategy for spiritual warfare. That your all-time strategy becomes just stand still and wait for God to do something. And by the way, that's not what they did. I'll talk more about that later. But people take it like that's what they did. David understood this truth. He sought God for directions for every battle. Listen, in 1 Chronicles 14, 8 through 16, David said, the Bible says, when the uh, Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they went up in full force to search for him, but David heard about it and went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim, so David inquired of God, shall I go and attack the Philistines? He asked God, will you hand them over to me? And the Lord answered, go, I'll hand them over to you. So David and his men went up to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. Once more, the Philistines raided the valley, so David inquired of God again. He didn't just go, well, here's what God said last time, so that's what I'm going to do this time. And God answered him, do not go straight up, but circle around them and attack them in the front of the balsam trees. God's given him a strategy for warfare for that enemy. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move out to battle because that will mean God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. In other words, if you go straight up, you're on your own. If you go around, but don't wait on God, you're on your own. But if you do it God's way, he's going to fight for you. So David did as God commanded him, and they struck down the Philistine army. The point is, the point is this. We do something and works in warfare, and we think it's going to work every single time. But the key is to seek God for, for discernment and for direction. And some people have taken one verse on standing still, and they've made that their all-time strategy until the place where they have become passive of spiritual warfare, passive about spiritual warfare, and they're standing around just waiting God to resist the enemy on their behalf. Listen, if God tells you to stand still, you better stand still. 
But in lieu of a specific, confirmed, prophetic word from God, you better go by what God said in his word about spiritual warfare. And God said in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. He walks around like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. Resist him and be strong in your faith. Stand firm in your faith. Stand in your faith. Our enemy is not passive. He's not complacent. He's not lazy. He's always on the prowl. He's always looking for an opening to steal, kill, and destroy. We cannot let our spiritual guard down. We cannot take spiritual vacations. Satan doesn't take spiritual vacations. We just want to take time. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a week off from, from fighting. I'm going to make a truce with the devil. You don't attack me. I'm not going to fight back. He'll probably say, yeah. Sure. Let's go with that plan. I want to dig a little bit deeper into what James said about spiritual warfare where he said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Listen, before you resist the devil, I talked about submitting to God and not resisting the devil. Now I'm going to talk about the other half. Before you resist the devil, you better first submit to God. Submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our ability to resist the enemy is directly proportionate to our submission to God. You must submit to God before you resist the devil. You must say yes to God before you say no to Satan. You must stand for God before you stand against Satan. And too many people forget who they are fighting. Instead of fighting Satan, they fight God. How do they fight God? By not submitting to his will and ways. Not obeying his word. Some people resist God's call to salvation. Some people resist God's call to be filled with the Spirit. Some people resist God's will to be water baptized as if it's not a command from God, like, like it's some kind of option. Some people resist obeying the commands of God. Some people want to continue in their sin. And so they, they, sometime, they somehow try to bargain with God about how I can keep this in my life and, and still be a, a follower of Christ. Man, all you are doing is opening the door to the devil. Until you submit to God, the enemy is going to have free reign in your life. So and, and instead of resisting Satan. Many people are resisting God. Are there areas in your life where you're resisting God? You're resisting the call of God, the plan of God, the word of God. Let me give you some help. If you fight God, you're going to lose. You're going to lose every single time. And by the way, you can't fight demonic spirits and the Holy Spirit at the same time. You've got to submit to the Spirit of God and the power of God so you have the power to fight the enemy. So make sure you're standing for God before you try to take a stand against Satan. If not, you're going to be like the sons of Siva in Acts 19. He tried to drive out evil spirits. They weren't even believers. They saw people driving out demons. They said, we're going to do that too. So they're praying against In the name of that Jesus, that that guy Paul, that guy Paul believes in and preaches. We're coming against you, demons. One day the evil spirit talked back to him. That's kind of a crazy thing. I've had that happen before when I was praying deliverance over somebody and they're saying stuff to me that I know is not that person. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. But here's what the demon said. Now, I know Jesus. And I know about Paul. Who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on him, overpowered them all, 
He gave them such a beating, they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Listen, the devil knows if you know God or not. The devil knows if you're submitted to God or not. You better stop resisting God, submit to God, then resist the devil. I'm trying to help you today. You're not going to get anywhere in spiritual warfare if you're fighting against God all the time. You've got to submit to God. The word submit in the Bible literally means to come under, to come under authority, to be subordinate, to obey. It's a military term, which means get in your proper rank. When a buck private tries to act like a general, there's going to be trouble. Stop telling God what to do. Submit to his will. That's why God's word translation of James 4, 7 says, place yourself under God's authority. Submit, be subordinate to, be obedient to. Place yourself under the, 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 the authority of God. It means to be absolutely obedient to God's will. Listen, I know none of us are perfect in this, but we're growing in it. And when we fail, we ask for forgiveness, we get right with God, and we keep going. Listen, complete surrender to God is the only way to have complete victory over the enemy. And if there's areas in your life that aren't submitted to God, those you're just set up for defeat. The, the Amplified versions of, of Ephesians 4.27 says, Leave no room or place or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. When we do not submit to God, we give the devil a foothold in our lives. And if we do not submit to God and then resist the devil, that foothold becomes a stronghold that controls our life. The way to resist the devil is to first submit to God and then resist. Resist means to take a stand against, to oppose, to withstand. And by the way, I told you I'd get back to this. When God told Israel, stand and watch the salvation of God, he was not saying be passive and do nothing. I'm going to take you back to that whole passage and show you that. It's in 2 Chronicles 20. A vast army came against King Jehoshaphat and all his people. And verses 3 and 4 says, Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. There again, like David, he inquired of the Lord. He proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. So instead of just being passive and doing nothing, they prayed. They sought the Lord. They fasted corporately. And as they prayed, God, the gifts of the Spirit moved. God gave them a prophetic word. In verse 14 through 17, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, a Levite, a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord said. This is the word of the Lord. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God. Tomorrow, march down against them. They marched against them. They didn't stand on a hill and watch. They marched against them. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm. See the deliverance of the Lord. The, the, the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So after that, they got this prophetic word. Then a, pray, a Holy Ghost prayer service and praise and worship service broke out. In verses 18 through 19, Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some of the Levites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with very loud voice, shouting unto God. Then they got another prophetic word. Here's how you go out against them. You're going to go out and sing. 
You're going to go out and praise the Lord and he'll defeat your enemies. So they did and he did. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21. He appointed those who would sink. <laughs> this is the strategy. You're surrounded by armies, armed men. He appointed those who would sing to the Lord, who would praise the beauty of holiness, and they went out before the army saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So when we hear the verse about them standing and seeing the salvation of God, remember that standing involved praying. It involved, it involved fasting. It involved seeking God. It involved hearing a word from God. It involved obeying the word from God. And by the way, which do you think would be easier, to send out an army against an army or to send out a choir against an army? What do you think would be easier? It'd be, these people were anything but passive. Right. I mean, they got all the soldiers lined up, armed up, and they come out with this choir. Y'all go out front. I'd be like, hold on a minute. I'm hoarse today. I, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not feeling that good. I don't think I can sing today. I'm sorry. I'll get the next battle. Y'all go on. I'm going to stand still and see the salvation of God. That's what so many of us do. We, we do that. But God sent a choir out. And through praise, God showed up and defeated the enemy. This was not a passive do nothing. This took courage. This took uh, obedience. This, took, this was anything but passive, passive. If you want to see a passive army, look no further than Saul and the army versus Goliath. Goliath was coming out day after day, taunting the army of God. And what did they do? Nothing. No opposition or resistance. Total passivity. And along comes a shepherd boy named David, bringing some food for his brothers. And 1 Samuel 17 says, David ran to the battle lines, greeted his brothers, and as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. And when the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. When David saw Goliath ridiculing that, army of Israel. His, he, he was like, why isn't somebody doing something about this? You're all too scared. He went all the way to the king. You guys are scared? I'll go out against them. They tried to talk him. No, you don't need to go out there. Don't go out there. But he refused. He refused to run away from the battle. In fact, when he went to face Goliath, 1 Samuel 17, 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. The whole army of Israel ran from the battle, but David ran to the battle, and the man who ran to the battle uh, won the battle. Because the passive army of Israel did nothing, they accomplished nothing. The same thing many of us accomplish when we're up against huge obstacles. Nothing. Because if all we do is nothing, we're going to reap a great big harvest of nothing. But one man in action reaped a miracle in the power of God. I believe any of those soldiers who were sitting there in fear could have stood up and said, wait a minute, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to step out in faith. And God would have used him to defeat Goliath. God blesses faith in action, not faith without works, which is dead. So stop running from the battle. Stop doing nothing. God's command, 
by the way, is followed by a promise. When you submit, when you resist, the devil must flee. So it's time for you to get on the offensive. No one else can do this for you. No one else can do this for you. You've got, to, you've got to make your own personal declaration of war. If you don't resist the enemy, he's going to take up permanent occupation and build a stronghold in your life. Listen, Satan hates us. He hates everything we stand for. We remind him of his defeat on the cross and his eternal punishment. And it's a historical fact that we're going to celebrate this week in this about how Jesus Christ, our commander-in-chief, already handed Satan his most crushing defeat on the cross. And we remind him of that every day. So your mission is the same mission of Jesus. Destroy the works of the devil in your life. Yes, you might be struggling. You might be discouraged. You might be alone. You might feel abandoned. You might be waiting for reinforcements to arise. Will it arrive today in the form of me preaching this sermon to you? And whatever struggle you're in, God intends for you to win it. You have lost a battle here and there, but you're going to win the war. Don't you know that Satan is totally afraid of you learning these truths? Please don't go out here and, and forget what I preached this morning. Go online, hear this sermon again. You can go online, read it, whatever you got to do, and start putting it into practice. Because the devil knows if you submit to God and resist him, he must run. So get the devil running in the name of Jesus. It's not about you getting stronger. It's about you exercising the authority you already have in the name of Jesus. It's knowing who you are in Christ and who he is in you. In Christ, you are a powerful, dangerous, deadly warrior. And most of you don't even know it. Satan wants to keep you from believing that. But the kingdom of God resides in you. The greater one lives in you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Satan cannot rob you unless you allow him. So don't allow him. Shut the door in his face. Bind up that strong man in Jesus' name. Put him in his place. Remind him of his past. Remind him of his future. Overcome your passivity. Take authority over him in the name of Jesus. Wage warfare. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And watch him flee in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, listen. We're going to do it for a minute right here. Now, I want you to think of something where you know the enemy is attacking right now that you, you need to resist. Maybe you've already been resisting, but we're going to resist together. Maybe you haven't been resisting, but it's time for you. It's time for you to do it. So right now, right now, I just want you to say, Lord, I submit to you. Lord, I submit my life to you. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me where I failed. Forgive me where I fought you. Cleanse me. I'm submitted to you. And I resist the devil in Jesus' name, and he must flee. And we're going to resist him right now by, by praising God. By, and, and if you need to, I, we're going to praise God together. But if you need to say it, listen, say it out loud. I resist the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. I resist the spirit of lust in Jesus' name. I resist the spirit of greed in Jesus' name. I resist the devil who's coming against my family in the name of Jesus. We're going to be praising God and shouting God together. But if you need to out loud resist him, do it right now. Don't worry about anybody else around you. Come on. This is the time to set the 
devil running. This is the time to, to do warfare. This is the time to get free in Jesus' name. We declare the freedom of God. We resist the enemy who wants to fight. Come on. Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get louder. Come on. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Get on them pounds, man. Come on. Good.